Yeah. It is Miss You by the Rolling Stones. Shout out to the Stones for bringing us into this episode in such an elegant way. I used to not really like the Rolling Stones, but they've kind of grown on me, you know, as I've gotten older. Learned how to become more creative, so, you know, just looking at everything from an outside perspective. It's it's tough to, you know, be creative, and these guys were way ahead of their time. So, they've come to... I've, they've grown on me, you know, as I've gotten older, like I said, but I don't know. I like them. I like them. They got a couple good songs. I don't mind them. I'm not skipping them anymore like I used to, but happy Sunday, everybody. I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. I'm just going to do a little bit of sports recap over the weekend, uh, let you know about some upcoming events as well. Um, first, in, college, in NCAA college football. Number one ranked Clemson and number two ranked Alabama both had their bye weeks this week. Number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs put a hurting on the Tennessee Volunteers with a final score of 43-14. to Georgia's looking nice this year, too, and Bulldogs look like something serious, but they're in the toughest conference in the, in, in the country, so I don't know. They'll probably get knocked off. I don't know. Who knows? SEC stacked, but... Number four ranked Ohio State Buckeyes came out victorious over somewhat of a rival Michigan State. You can't really call it much of a rivalry, Ohio State. I believe Ohio State usually beats the shit out of them, but they beat them this weekend 34-10. Justin Fields finished the game with 17 for 25 with 206 yards and two touchdowns. That boy is nice, really nice. I think he's kind of underrated, and he's still getting some hype, and I still think he's underrated, but I don't know. We'll see. J.K. Dobbins also put in massive amounts of work. He had 24 carries for 172 yards, and he also added another touchdown. The Buckeyes' defense forced three turnovers and a very well-rounded game for them. They're looking pretty scary. They are one of my four teams predicted to be in the college football playoff at the end of the year. I will get to that in a minute after I tell you about number five ranked LSU which waxed Utah State 42-6. to I don't really need to go into detail about that game because Utah State is pretty much a nobody. But that kind of wraps up the number five or the top five teams in the country. Um, I don't really feel like I need to go over another five. That I would say the top ten, not narrow it down to the top five because you can only have four teams in the college football playoff, and I believe three of those four teams are currently in the top five with the fourth team being number six. So, my four picks for the college football playoff this year, as of now, in no particular order, you got Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Jalen Hurts is balling out this year. I don't know if just because the Big 12 doesn't play great defense like these other conferences or what, but Jalen Hurts is balling out. Um, Like I said, so is Justin Fields. Um, It's going to be really exciting to watch this season. The SEC is too stacked, I believe, in my opinion, to have two teams make it to the playoff unless strength of schedule is the main deciding factor. I don't know how they, you know, how they decide that. But if strength of schedule is you know, the main factor, I believe they could possibly push out one of the other teams, maybe Oklahoma, but I don't know. I think it's too stacked. I mean, they're going to have to play each other, so they're going to end up knocking each other off, you know. So, I don't know. But – the MLB playoffs are here. Wow. 
The Yankees defeated the Minnesota Twins 8-2 last night to take a 2-0 series lead. Didi Gregorius hit a grand slam that sent the whole state of New York into a frenzy. Dude, it must be nice having your teammate the postseason. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything about that. Red Sox were some ass cheeks this year. Kind of disappointed me, but oh well, I'm not on the field, so who cares. The Houston Astros also defeated the Tampa Bay Devil Rays to also take a 2-0 series lead. Alex Bregman hit a solo shot in the fourth inning to go up 1-0, and Houston never looked back, running away behind Garrett Cole's 15 strikeouts. Unbelievable. His ball rotation is absolutely killer. It's filthy. You can actually go to my Twitter page. I've retweeted a video or two of some of his pitches from last night's game. It was they, I don't know how they edited the video, but they had four different pitches all leaving his hands synchronized at the same time and just showing the different rotations of each pitch simultaneously on the same screen. It's pretty cool. I mean, the dude's, the dude's an animal. He's definitely one of the top pitchers in the league. But I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world, but I do respect art when I see it, and his arm is absolutely amazing. He's crazy. But today we have two game threes in the NLDS. We got... The Atlanta Braves taking on the Cardinals in St. Louis at 4:10 on TBS, and the Dodgers will play the Nationals in Washington D.C. at 7:45, which will also be on TBS. Both of these series are tied at one game apiece, so it'll be entertaining to see who comes out on top. Playoff baseball always gets me hyped for some reason. In the regular season, I can't even really watch half a game without dozing off, <laughs> but playoff time, boy. It's fun to watch. I love how the pitching rotation changes in playoff time. Especially, you know, when you start getting later on, and like in the World Series, when they, they'll relieve a starting pitcher with another starting pitcher. So you get to see bullets all game long. Yeah, that's what I like. But I don't know. No, I'm not knocking any baseball fans. It's just not my cup of tea. But it's NFL Sunday, in case you forgot. But I'm sure you did not. I don't really watch football too terribly much anymore, unless the Cowboys are playing, or unless one of my fantasy players are on. Dude, my fantasy team's stacked. I'm super excited to see how this year plays out, barring injuries and stuff like that, you know, but I don't know, my Cowboys take on my second favorite player of all time, next to Deion Sanders, with that being Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers today. I believe it's 425 on Fox, depending, you know, the area you live in, but Aaron Rodgers always balls out against Dallas for some reason, especially in the playoffs. Don't even get me started on that. The man's broken my heart twice in the last three or four years. But Dallas is looking very good this year, so it should be an exciting game. Dak Prescott has been playing some of the best ball of his career so far this year. So I just have one thing to say. With all due respect, Mr. Jerry Jones, pay the man. The man is worth every penny he's wanting. Uh... I don't see anybody really right now, contract-wise, with their respective teams, who are going to come in and play better ball than Dak Prescott is for the Cowboys. So pay the man, Jerry. Lock him in for a long term like we did Zeke. Come on now. But I don't know. I'm not going to really get into detail on the NFL games today because everybody, everybody knows which team they like. I'm sure you know what time and what time they play on. So I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But last night we had UFC 243 in Melbourne, Australia, which was held at Marvel Stadium, and boy, were there some superheroes last night. 
Heavyweight Jorgen De Castro defeated Justin Taffa, or Taffa, T-A-F-A. I'm not sure exactly how the pronunciation is, but he defeated him by first-round knockout. And let me tell you, it was a knockout. He caught Taffa slash Taffa, however you pronounce it, coming in with a right hook and folding him like a fat kid in a lawn chair. He went motionless. I mean, he was out cold, and his arms were out in front of him, stiff. It was intense. Really enjoyed it. The second fight on the card was between welterweights Luke Jumo, J-U-M-E-A-U, I believe Jumo is how they pronounced it last night. Yeah, so you got welterweights Luke Jumo and Diego Lima, which ended in split decision somehow. But it was in favor of Diego Lima, so I'm not mad. But I'm not sure what the third judge was looking at in order to give the fight to Jumo, Jumo, I'm going to say Jumo, Jumo. So I don't know what he was looking at, but I felt like for the most part, Lima was pretty dominant, but then again, I wasn't there. Maybe he saw something I didn't, but at least they didn't rob him like they did the Canelo Triple G fight. Don't even get me started on that, but I'd never let the fight go to the judges if you can help it, because you never know. You never know what the outcome's going to be, which is unfortunate because some people... Don't like to score a fight fairly, but who knows. Also had heavyweight matchup between Sergey Spivak. I'm not even going to try to butcher this other guy's name. Spivak came out victorious, and he was able to, to submit his opponent with a nasty arm triangle about middle of the way through the second round. I never really heard of either one of these guys, but I don't know. Dude's got a pretty nice arm triangle, apparently, so... But also, in the co-main event, there was a lightweight clash, or a clash between 155-pounders, Al Iquinta and Dan the Hangman Hooker. Dan Hooker dominated the fight for the most part and ended up winning via a unanimous 30-27 decision. Hooker's looking very nice as of late. He's won two in a row and four out of his last five, with the only loss coming from the fight with Edson Barbosa, who is a complete savage. Edson Barbosa is an animal, so you can't really take anything away from Hooker there. He is looking really good, so I'm excited to see who he's got next. He called out, dude, he called out Poirier after the fight last night, so that's interesting to watch. Poirier, you know, coming off that loss to Khabib, in which he, he actually, I mean, fought a hell of a fight. He clipped Khabib, you know, a couple good times with his striking and almost submitted him in that, I thought he was going to tap in that guillotine he had, but Khabib just stayed patient and, let Poirier wear his arms out, and he was able to do what he does best. But It was interesting to see Hooker call out Poirier last night. I did check Twitter this morning, and Poirier told him, you know, there's not he has really no interest in this fight. He's going to continue to work on his craft. But a bunch of guys are telling Poirier to go ahead and get back in the game. So we'll see how it comes out. So I don't know. I think Poirier will probably beat him. I think he's just too... Too, too seasoned, too much of a veteran. He's got too much experience for Dan Hooker. I think if that does happen, Poirier will come out on top. But, dude, there's a bunch of fights to make at 155. I'm really excited to see what Mr. Dana White does with the 155-pound division coming up soon. But And finally, to the main event, you had the hometown hero, Robert Whitaker, taking on Israel, the last style bender at Asanya, to unify the 155-pound 185-pound, excuse me, middleweight title. And man, this was an awesome fight. Israel got the better of him for the most part, or for the most of the fight. He was picking Whitaker apart with his insane next-level kickbox and striking ability. 
He ended up knocking Whitaker out in the second round with a nasty combination of fiery punches to prove himself as the greatest middleweight on the planet. And I don't really think you can argue that point. It was interesting to see he called out, um, what's his name, Paulo Costa, who was sitting ringside last night. So he called him out. I believe that will be the fight to make. Paulo Costa's number two. Um, Israel was the number one contender until he won, so I, I believe Paulo Costa would jump up and should take that fight, or Dana White should make that fight between him and Israel. I think Israel is going to beat him, though. I think Israel is the best middleweight on the planet right now. I don't really see anybody beating him on the roster right now. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. Coming up on October 26th, you have Damian Maya versus Ben Askren, which I am super excited about. Damian Maya usually struggles with great grapplers such as Ben Askren, but his jiu-jitsu game is literally top-notch, the best as they, good as they come, literally. So it'll be a super exciting to see, you know, how everything goes down. And then the following Saturday night after that, which was which will be November the second, you have UFC 244, which is my dog, my favorite fighter in the UFC, Nate Diaz taking on Jorge Cuban Jesus Masvidal. For the title of BMF, or the baddest motherfucker on earth, if I may excuse the language to people who may not like that type of language. I don't care. It's my show. But, yeah. So, Diaz versus Masvidal for the title of BMF. Um, This will be live from Madison Square Garden in New York. And New York is home of some of the greatest UFC fights of all time. So, it's going to be very, very... Very entertaining to see how that plays out. The prelims are scheduled to start at 8 p.m. on ESPN2, with the main card starting at 10 on ESPN Plus and Pay-Per-View. You will not want to miss this fight, guys. It will be a straight brawl for the entire fight. I know I mentioned last week about you know my prediction for the fight, and I stand by that. I do think Diaz will come out victorious, and I do believe it will be Later in the fight, maybe a third or fourth round submission. I'm not sure exactly how he'll get there, but I do think his ground game will be too superior. If I think his striking's better than Masvidal too, but I mean, if it if Masvidal does start getting the better, all he's got to do is take it to the ground. And Diaz is a Gracie black belt in jiu-jitsu, so his jiu-jitsu game's also top notch. Not quite up there with Damian Maya, of course, but you know, he still does his thing. But yeah, so that kind of. Wraps up our sports talk. I just wanted to kind of update the sports fans out there on what's happening, what happened this weekend, and what's up, to, up, what's coming up in the future. Um, I don't know, dude. The weather's great right now. I went into work this morning. I actually had to wear a jacket for the first time since about April. It's kind of nice. I kept the jacket on to about you know maybe seven thirty, eight o'clock, maybe even eight thirty. I'm not sure, but I did it. Get a little warm, so I took it off. But, dude, you can't beat this weather. Played golf yesterday, too. Played kind of trash. I shot a shot low 90s, but could have very easily been in the low 80s. I just hit a couple, I don't know, I hit a couple shots in the water and missed, left a couple strokes on the green. So, I'm getting there, dude. My golf game's coming around. You can ask any of my friends, dude, a year ago at this time, I looked like I was swinging a hockey stick. I've gotten a lot smoother. I've learned, you know, the true mechanics behind golf. I've kind of taught myself. I've never really looked up or got any lessons. I just kind of, I don't know, 
I don't know how exactly process I went through. It just kind of came to me. I got to get advice. Don't get me wrong. I've gotten advice from, you know, people who are better than me at golf on how to fix certain issues. But I've had to apply it myself. It's getting there slowly but surely. So we'll see. But I don't know. Hope everybody has a great week. Um, Like I said, happy Sunday. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Like I said, have a great week. Don't let nothing get in your way. Do what you do. Oh, I saw an interesting quote today. Let me hang on. Let me find it. I'll leave you guys with that. Actually, ah, can't believe I just lost. I had it pulled up. Hang on. It's on Twitter. I remember who retweeted it. Yes, I do. Okay. So, quote is, the only thing you have to do is die at the end of your life. And the rest is all choices. And that's the quote. The only thing you have to do in life is die at the end of it. And everything that comes before that is entirely on you. So do what you want to do. Don't make anybody happy but yourself. I know I keep saying this. And I'm going to keep saying it because I need to reassure it to myself some. But only way to... Worry about you can't worry about anything else unless you're truly sat, satisfied with yourself. If you try to satisfy anything outside of yourself before you're truly satisfied within yourself, it's not going to work. People are going to be able to see right through it, especially people who do it because they know the struggle. It's a struggle a lot of people face, and a lot of people don't really know how to overcome. You know, I don't know. That's what mainly I'm what I'm trying to do with this podcast is just kind of show people like this is I wanted to do this so I did it literally there's nothing to it but to do it like Nike said just do it don't procrastinate if you think oh maybe I'll get something done and maybe I'll do it in 30 minutes who knows don't just do it don't put it off you'll be much more happy with yourself and once you get into a routine of doing that and not procrastinating you will find you have more time on your hands than you thought. I'm actually doing this because I had a lot of time on my hands. I didn't procrastinate. I had to clean, clean, clean. That's almost spring cleaning in the fall time today, dude. This was dirty. I had to, dude. I don't even know, man. I hate cleaning, but once I get in the zone, just throw on some music. It's a rock. I actually got done very quickly. I was surprised. I looked at the clock and only like 30 minutes had passed. I don't detail clean. Granted, I don't clean in between the cracks on my mantle. No, I don't do any of that. You know, I'm sweep dust, maybe. Dusting is so true. I hate dusting. But sometimes you got to do it. Clean the countertops. Did all the dit. Well, a couple dishes that were in there. Did a couple loads of laundry already. And I worked today. So don't procrastinate. If something needs to get done, do it. You'll be much happier within yourself. I'm in a very good mood today, so I just figured I'd drop a little episode. Just let, like I said, let the sports fans in the world know what's going on and upcoming with the UFC especially. But, yeah. So, with that being said, it is a, I'll drop this in a couple minutes. I gotta try to put a couple things together. But, it's about 10 minutes until 1 now. Cowboys come on in a little more than 3 hours, so I'm looking forward to that. So, Go Cowboys, but also, I hope Aaron Rodgers balls. Well, no, I don't. I'm playing against him in fantasy football this week, so, yeah. All right, GOAT, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry to say this, but please, 
do not ball out against Dallas this time. Probably not going to happen because you do everything. Some reason, dude, everybody balls out against the Cowboys. I remember, I remember when Calvin Johnson broke the single game receiving record against the Cowboys. Dude, I was. I was so mad. I was watching that game when it happened, dude. It was. Dude's catching stuff in. Tr- Matthew Stafford is just the luckiest quarterback on the planet. He was just flinging the ball 50, 60 yards. He does have an arm, though. He can't put that. He can't throw that thing. Like a cannon, but dude, he's just throwing the ball up, and Megatron was coming down. He had over like 300 receiving yards, I believe, dude. It was just, and then Matthew Stafford had the greatest. They beat the Cowboys that game. It came down to the wire, and I'll never forget Matthew Stafford with the smartest play by a quarterback I've ever seen. Out of timeouts, threw a bomb to Calvin Johnson, hail mary, and he actually caught it, and it was just short of the end zone on the one yard line. A little bit of time left, so Stafford, no timeouts, runs up to the ball telling everybody on the field, Spike, Spike, we're going to clock it, stop the clock, even his own teammates. What does this dude do? Gets a snap, fakes a spike, dives over to pile for the game-winning touchdown against the Cowboys. Dude, even Matthew Stafford balls out against the Cowboys, so I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough life being a Cowboys fan, dude. Get shit from it. Everybody, I do think we're the most beloved franchise in the NFL, but we're also the most hated at the same time. I mean, we're winners. That's why people hate us. That's why people hate the Patriots. That's why I don't know. I don't know, but we're we're we looking nice this year. I don't know. Kind of. I don't know. At the start of the season, I said I believe Dallas would. Do some damage. I, I still think they're going to win the division. I don't know how they're going to fare against the Saints in the playoffs, though, because we just lost to a Drew Brees-less Saints, Teddy Bridgewater. Somehow led his team to a victory over the Cowboys last week, so unfortunate for me. But, I don't know. Anyway, like I said, I don't want to keep rambling on about nothing, so I'll let you guys go. I hope you enjoy. Have a great week. I am out. Sounds like magic now. These guys are groundbreaking, is the word I'm looking for. Shout out to the Stones for taking us out as well. Enjoy your weekend or the rest of your weekend, what's left of your weekend, and enjoy the upcoming week. <laughs>